0: I'm Lauren and I'm a veterinarian.
1: I'm JJ and I'm a veterinary technician. And
0: you're listening to Introvets, a veterinary podcast by introverts with high functioning anxiety. Welcome to the first snack sized episode of season two of Introvets Podcast. Woo-hoo. Today we have starting out a little bit more of a serious topic, but we felt that it was really important to address it on the podcast because of some recent events that have happened in the profession. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be somewhat of a mental health focused episode. Many of you know that in recent weeks, we've lost four colleagues to suicide. And I know that's affected many of us very deeply. So we wanted to talk to you today and just remind everyone about the options that you have available if you're feeling like you're in a dark place and you need help. So we want to talk about how to get help when you need it. Absolutely. So the first thing I'll say is don't forget that Vets for Vets and Support for Support exists. So these are programs that are funded by the Venn Foundation, and they're completely free for veterinarians and support staff. Vets for Vets is the veterinary organization and Support for Support is for support staff members. And we'll put their contact information up on our social media and in the show notes for this episode. But those are completely free resources for you to use to reach out if you're struggling, if you're having an issue with a coworker, if you're having an issue in your private life, if you're having... Issues with ethical conflicts at work, any of those things, calling and speaking to someone on the helpline who can get you kind of hooked into the support groups that are available is going to be really helpful.
1: And also, if you have someone that is either in the field, out of the field, anybody that you feel like you can talk to, the most important step is that you talk, talk about it, um, get it out. If you feel comfortable talking to those type of people or if you need to talk to a therapist they they are 100% trained to help you out and if they feel like they can't they can hook you up as well with somebody who can
0: as a kid i started seeing therapists for the first time <laughs> so for me and in my family it was just kind of a normal thing that you did but uh jj did when you started going to therapy was it a, kind of weird for you as an adult
1: very much so, especially because I had kind of been brought up in a family that didn't really, I don't know, lack like a better way of putting it, buy into therapy. Oh, okay. I did the um, thing where I just thought that I could handle things on my own and yeah. I realized quickly how wrong I was. So I kind of was thrown into a situation of you got to go and you got to go now and I didn't know how really to pick one so I hopped online and just tried to find somebody that took my insurance first and I didn't really know about looking into seeing what their specialties were mm-hmm. so I just kind of picked one that took my insurance and went and I got some I got some benefit out of it but it wasn't really a good fit yeah I later after talking to several different people that uh have you know had more experience with getting help with therapy, um, got some recommendations and got a way better fit. so there's nothing wrong with going to different ones and trying out see how it works. The therapist I see now is uh extremely helpful. Um, yeah, the one I saw before wasn't awful. it was just not not really what I needed. And uh that's from what I have heard from other people, that's fairly normal. Sometimes mm-hmm. it may take you a couple of times to find that right fit.
0: Definitely, I completely agree. Feeling nervous about going to therapy if if you haven't had that experience before is completely normal. Mm-hmm. Kind of shopping around for the right fit in therapy is super important and not something that you should feel weird about at all. If you have medical insurance that covers mental health care, Certainly, I think starting with contacting the insurance company to see who qualifies is a very valid step. That's what I did to find my therapist and um the one that I see now as an adult, it just so happens that fate kind of worked out, and I ended up landing with someone who was a good fit from the start as an adult. but I have had therapists in the past that were not a good fit mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure, <laughs> so um. <laughs> You know, if you if you do select a therapist and you're like, I'm not really feeling this, you know, don't give up. Pick another one. Go to another session. You know, see how different ones fit with you. And then also, and this is maybe kind of an advanced technique <laughs> for people like us that are so nervous about confrontation. But if you ever are with a therapist and you feel like this is just not jiving, just say that. Mm-hmm. Hey, I just... You know, I'm wondering if if we're not the right fit. Here's the specific issues that I'm kind of seeing. And sometimes that'll open doors for you guys to talk about major important stuff that you need to work through. And sometimes they can actually make a recommendation of a therapist that does handle things the way that you would prefer. Mm-hmm. So um being open with your therapist is never a bad a bad thing either.
1: Nope, that's kind of the whole point of going. (laughs) That's right.
0: Yeah, that's right. But, you know, it takes a little bit of time to get comfortable. It does. Over the past few months, I've been doing some research and I've become aware that there are a lot of different types of therapy that I had no idea even existed. Mm -hmm. Even something like walk and talk therapy, which I didn't even know about until this past week, where you literally go and your session is... Mm -hmm that you walk with your therapist and so that you can talk about things while you're doing a physical activity. Mm -hmm. And now there's potential for, you know, it to be less private because obviously you're, you're walking, you're not going to be like, um, you know, in a protected enclosed area. Most of the time you're going to be like out, but still if sitting in a room and talking to someone one-on-one is almost too, intimate for you or it's too weird or worrisome sometimes doing a walk and talk therapy session will be helpful because it gives you something else to focus on and allows you to to really kind of get over the barrier of having to sit in front of someone and make eye contact and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. so there's tons of different types of therapy. there's group therapy, there's art therapy there's uh, horticultural therapy where you go plant plants like there are so many different types of things. Mm-hmm that you can find one for sure that, that works for you. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I think is important for people to realize is when we're in a profession like veterinary medicine, we all experience many traumas, like M-I-N-I, little ones, what therapists call lower T trauma, every day. And that builds up and it can build up into a really black cloud. And so what I would encourage everyone to do, if you're in this field, I it's my opinion, you really need to be seeing a therapist, mm-hmm. somebody. You need some sort of an outlet. And it's so important to take that step now before things get bad, because then if you have a really bad day, you already have a clinical relationship set up with someone who knows you and can help you through it. Certainly seek care if you're in a crisis, but if you can avoid waiting until you're in a crisis and go ahead and get a relationship set up with someone now, it's going to work much better for you when you're in a crisis. Mm -hmm. We all have crises, every single adult person, you know. In going through life, you're going to have breakups, you're going to have marriages that end, you're going to have um, parents that pass away, you're going to have really influential people in your life leave your life for different reasons, and you're going to have cases that go south. All of those things are going to happen to all of us, and it really helps to have someone to assist you through those things and processing so that they don't get built up on the on the back burner.
1: Absolutely.
0: Recently... JJ and I became aware of another podcast that had an episode featuring a prominent veterinarian where they made recommendations to just push through burnout, and keep your head down, and keep working. And we both had very <laughs> strong negative reactions to that advice.
1: Yeah. That's... So
0: I'll say, counterpoint <laughs> in my experience that is a terrible idea. Please don't do that. If you're feeling symptoms of burnout, stop, rest and heal like Dr. Fonken talked with us about last uh, season. Mhm. And see someone to get some help. Yeah. Because we can't keep losing people.
1: Yeah, that that doesn't work as somebody who tried it. It doesn't. Even if you're you you think that you're 100% online and able to just handle anything your your brain and your body will tell you otherwise real quick and you don't want to wait until it gets to a point where you can't turn it around so yeah know the signs that are happening early and don't ignore them because they're only going to get worse
0: absolutely JJ, I know we were talking before um, in our planning meeting about some of the ways that therapy has helped us. We were thinking that sharing some of those things that have been really helpful for us about therapy might help others feel more comfortable about going. So Mm -hmm. JJ, what's one thing that therapy has really helped you with?
1: It has helped me with a myriad of things, really. Yeah. A lot of uh, the, of, of, Defining certain behaviors in other people and realizing that I can't expect, you know, what I expect from myself from other people. So that kind of helps me with my day to day. But it's also helped me with uh, learning how to uh, do some goal setting. And it has helped me a lot with motivation just in this last year. I've been married for Almost fifteen years, and congratulations! Have... <laughs> That's a
0: major accomplishment. Yeah,
1: it is. Yeah, <laughs> Ben makes it easy for the most part, but <laughs> um, you know, we one thing that we have always struggled with is a budget and sticking okay. to it. We will be great at the first of the year of making one, and then within two weeks, it's torpedoed. And a lot of that is my perfectionism and. If it's not perfect, then I sabotage it. I don't know exactly what clicked this year other than I felt way more motivated and way more ready to make some changes and more confident to make those changes. And I was, you know, I started talking about it toward the end of the year. And January, we, on that that weekend of the, the new year, we made a very extensive budget, made some changes to how we were doing a budget and adding savings into the mix. Great. And we were both really happy with what we came up with. And we're like, okay, now comes the sticking to it. And I mean, we're only in March, but this is the longest we've ever stuck to a budget before. That's awesome. And everything is going really well with it. So hopefully that continues. I mean, we've already had things come up like a door lock on my vehicle to quit working, mm-hmm. but because we have been saving so far this year, it was no problem to just go and have it fixed. And you know that's something that we would be panic about before because we had no savings. Mm-hmm. So that's that's something that's been really nice.
0: I think uh, one of the main things that therapy has helped me with is boundary setting, mm-hmm. which. I when I s sh- I've been seeing my current therapist for five years, <laughs> which uh I was really shocked by. I did not think it had been that long. But um when I first started to see my current therapist, I had no boundaries with pretty much anyone.
1: Mm-hmm. Um
0: I did, you know, anything anyone asked of me, I did for them. You mm-hmm. know, and I went above and beyond three thousand percent every single time and Um, The result of that was not me feeling good about myself or feeling healthy. The result was me feeling like a doormat, you know, I felt very taken advantage of. And so one of the main things that going to therapy has helped me with is recognizing that I get to decide what I'm going to do and just say that Mm -hmm. I don't feel comfortable with this or no, that doesn't sound fun. I'm not going to do that. And that it doesn't have to be some sort of huge deal. Uh, and when she told me originally that she felt that I had boundary issues, I actually got pretty offended. <laughs> but then the more that I thought about it and and looked inward, the more I, I realized, yeah, I have some pretty severe boundary issues. I was thinking of them as, like, ultimatums. Mm-hmm. And she's like, there's nothing wrong with ultimatums, actually. <laughs> you You know, you just have... Been dealing with people that, that that don't have that don't have trouble kind of crossing what normal people would consider is a line. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so anyway, creating professional boundaries and personal boundaries has helped me a lot just be able to rest and feel feel good about myself. And then of course when I have cases that don't go well or other things that are definitely going to happen in life occur, I feel like I can go, you know, into my therapy appointment and handle those constructively and things don't derail me like they used to. So Mm -hmm. if, uh, you know, five years ago before I started seeing my therapist or even just two or three years ago, say I made a mistake on a case where someone was upset with me, it it would probably keep me pretty depressed for a few days about it. But now I'm really able to bounce back pretty quickly, like within a few hours. I'm mm-hmm. back to normal now. And it hasn't had anything to do with the way other people treat me. It's 100% about how I treat myself and what I allow myself to put up with. And so, so that's probably the biggest thing that's helped me. I like it. Yeah. So we'd really love it if everybody sought out a therapist. At least talk to some friends at least look up some resources and have them available for when you're having a dark period of time. Mm -hmm. And don't be afraid to reach out for help because we care about you. Yes, we do. As far as other things, important announcements, we would like to encourage everyone to get vaccinated for COVID when you become eligible in your state or country. Mm -hmm. Here in Alabama, in the U.S., um, veterinarians and veterinary staff are currently eligible. Uh, Actually, JJ and I have both been vaccinated, so we're very excited.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: JJ, how did your vaccination go? Did you have any symptoms or were you doing pretty good?
1: Very little. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a little bit of arm soreness like the next day for half a day, and that was it. Mm -hmm. I didn't take any medication for anything like I said, by lunchtime, the day after the arm soreness was gone and it was like it was nowhere near like a tetanus shot level arm soreness. Yeah. It was just a little bit of soreness. I'm supposed to get my uh, second one next week. Yeah. So
0: that's so exciting. I'm so excited. I am so ready. Yeah. I am so ready to do normal things, JJ.
1: I'm so ready. (laughs) I hear you.
0: I had my second shot. I had the Pfizer vaccination. Um, I had my second one a week ago today. Mm -hmm. No, a week ago yesterday. And with both vaccinations, I didn't have any significant symptoms. I had a little arm soreness. No big deal. I was able to go about my normal stuff. I was able to work normally. I didn't have to take any medication or anything like that. I I had a really positive experience. We just want everyone to know that uh, if you're in Alabama and you've been waiting for time to get vaccinated and you are a veterinary employee, your time is now. It Mm -hmm. is occurring right now. If you're in a different state or another country, get with your local officials to find out when you qualify and then get on a list.
1: Yeah. And if you have questions about the vaccine, uh, make sure you ask a medical professional. Yep. I wouldn't get your information from Facebook. If you choose not to do the vaccine, you're well within your right for that. Teach their own. Um, But if you're curious or you have questions about the vaccine, how it works, why it was, you know, so quickly available, any questions like that, I would encourage you to ask somebody in the medical field. Because those are the people that are educated. Those are the people that know about these things. And they're going to give you the most accurate information. Well said, JJ. Ha. Public service announcement by JJ.
0: <laughs> uh, and then last, before we sign off for the first episode, we're going to go down a quick rundown of some of the topics that we have planned. We're going to have Dana the therapist back for Mm -hmm. at least one episode to go over situations that we might commonly run into in veterinary medicine again
1: a couple of veterinary support staff members as well to address a couple of different issues that can crop up within the veterinary medical profession.
0: We're going to have an episode about animal behavior. We're going to have an episode about um, leadership in veterinary medicine, entrepreneurship in veterinary medicine. We're going to have a neurologist and a surgeon come talk to us. Also, an oncologist is on the books to, to come chat with us.
1: And of course, we also have the medical cases that always are interesting
0: So we should have a pretty exciting season lined up.
1: One day we we totally should have a uh, podcast just about introvert issues and things like scheduling (laughs) and going to a hair appointment. Because, I mean, I would rather go for a scheduled root canal than have to go to a hair appointment. But, I mean, you got to do it. So
0: You're saying because, wait, why? (laughs) Because you have to talk to the hairdresser? Is that what it is?
1: it's that and most hairdresser environments is kind of you know and they're they're made for this specific reason they're like you know we're we're super cool we're wearing all black our hair is like perfect our nails are perfect everything is like you know everybody there is pretty and everybody there is just like you know we're the cool kids and and they <laughs> all they all Was know each other really well salon
0: do you go to
1: I'll see them talking negative about another client or something. And then I'm just like, oh God, I can't go back here. It's, it's a thing. And it's been a thing for a long time, but um, yeah, it's a, like I said, we had, we should have a whole episode on just dedicated to introvert follies (laughs) because Lord knows I got a lot.
0: Some of that might be generalized anxiety disorder. Probably. Oh, I'm sure it is.
1: I'm sure it is. But I'm terrible at small talk and I always feel like, you know, going to the hair salon is the epitome of small talk. And it's just, I, I just would rather not. There's another example of how therapy has helped. She gave me the name of somebody that I can go to that might be a little bit more, you know, my cup of tea.
0: As always. If you have cases, stories, questions, anything else that you want us to know about, give us a holler at introvetspodcast at gmail.com.
1: We'd be happy to read them. Yes, please. Um, You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at introvets is the name.
0: And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.